Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Genesis chapter 2. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic, resin, and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the middle of the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all of the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all of the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all of the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. The first chapter of Genesis contains the first six days of creation in the creation narrative. 
The second chapter of Genesis starts with verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. And then verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. So the seventh day, the Sabbath day, was blessed. This is the first day that receives a blessing. The Sabbath day was blessed. Why? Because God had finished creation and he set aside the seventh day as a day of rest. The seven days of the week come from this Genesis narrative. We have seven days in a week. Why seven days? Why not five days? Why not 10 days? Why not 25 days? Have you ever asked yourself? It's because of this seven day creation cycle, six days of creation, seventh day of rest that the Lord put forward in Genesis chapter two. And then in verse four, it begins, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. And so verse four is a a recounting, if you will, of part of the creation narrative from chapter one. In verse seven, we read, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now take note of a couple of things here. First, God formed man himself from the dust of the ground. He didn't speak and say, let man be, let man come forth. He actually shaped the man from the dust of the ground with his own hands. So God was involved in the creation of man on a much more intimate basis than he was when he spoke the planets and the worlds into existence. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says at that point, the man became a living being. Now, was there a creature that was manlike prior to Adam and Adam receiving the breath of life, the breath of God? We don't know. But this Adam, this created man, became a living being, not when he was formed from the dust of the ground, but when God breathed life into him, the breath of God entered Adam, and he became biblically a living man. And so this Adamic creation comes forward in this second chapter of Genesis, in verse 7. Later we read in verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, this is going to become very important in Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. But the phrase, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when you eat from it, you will certainly die, can also be translated, when you eat from it, the process of dying will ensue. And so it's not necessarily at the moment you taste the fruit, you will die. But at the moment you eat from the fruit, the cycle of death, the circumstances of humanity being subject to death will ensue or will be enacted. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was planted in the midst of the garden. And the only commandment that God had extended to man concerning the created order was do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so this was the mandate for mankind. In verse 18, we read, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. This is the first time the Bible has anything to say from God concerning something not being good. Up until this point, 
everything in creation was good. It was good, it was good, it was good, and the man was very good. And so the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And perhaps in so saying, it is not good for the man to be alone, the Lord was saying prophetically, it's not good for me to be alone. The Lord may have been looking down through time and saying that he needed a bride, he needed a companion, he needed someone to live with him for all of the endless ages, to relate to him and to be a a companion, someone suitable to work with him. And so mankind was created for that end. But this, in verse 18, alludes to the fact that the Adam was without companion on the earth. And so the Lord said, I'll make a suitable companion for him. In verse 22, we read, the Lord God made a woman from the rib or the front part that he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of a man. The Hebrew word is Isha. The Hebrew word for man is Ish. For a woman, it's Isha. Isha is taken out of a man. But notice that Adam recognized her and said, this is my bones, this is my flesh, that he was recognizing Eve had been taken from him. Eve was much more than a piece of a bone from Adam's side. Eve was something, a larger part of the composite Adamic being that existed before Eve was taken out. Because Adam was able to recognize that she had come out from him. If you picture in your mind's eye, he looked at her and said, how did you get over there? Of course, that's not in the text. But how did that part of me get over there? That's essentially what he was saying. And so brought out of man, Isha was the name that was given to the woman. And then when Adam saw her, the Bible says that uh, the two were to be joined together. He says, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his Eve were naked, and they felt no shame. So Adam and his wife, Eve, were to be joined together as one body. They had once been one body, and in marriage they would again be intimate and rejoined into one body, if you will, in the act of making love. They would be one body. They would be one composite being again. But it says that for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Now, this is the first marriage. Remember early on, I told you that Genesis records many first mentions. And the law of first mention in terms of Bible study is very important that you look at the first time a subject is mentioned. So the first marriage is the marriage of Adam and Eve. So we notice that the man was joined to his wife and the two would become one body. We noticed that they were both naked and there was no shame because there was no sin. And so on a, on a wedding plan of heaven, there's no shame. The man and woman are joined together to become one unit, one body. They're able to be together and have no shame because there's no sin. We'll learn later in the New Testament that all of this is a parable of our relationship with God the Father in terms of Christ and the church. You can read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32, where Paul says, this is a profound mystery, but this marriage is about Christ and the church. So in this chapter, we have the law first mentioned concerning uh, Yahweh is mentioned the first time, Adam is mentioned the first time, the first mention of male human and female human, and the first marriage. This is critically important for us as Christians, as the bride of Christ, that we study the first mention of marriage. And notice that they were one body. This is indicative of the one body of Christ. 
course, both Jew and Gentile who believe in Jesus become one body and Messiah, married together with the King of Heaven, the High King of Heaven for all of the ages. And so, Lord, we thank you for this first marriage of Adam and Eve. We thank you, Lord, that they came together to become one body, that they were in the beginning one body, and they became again one body through marriage. We thank you, Lord, that the plan of heaven is that we, male and female, would be joined to you as the body of Christ. I pray, Lord, that everyone listening would grasp this first mention of marriage and see how it speaks to our marriage to Jesus as the bride of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.